0: And welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope I'm having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. It is the week of January 8th, 2024. We are a week into the new year already. New year, new me. Um, That's not always the case, but hey, I'm back with another new episode got to keep the streak going. I've been coming out with a, a new episode every week now for I think about a year, maybe even a little over a year now. Um, they say consistency is key, and uh, you know what, I, I believe that's true. Also, I just love, you know, doing a Disney podcast. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Disney World today. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Feel free to send me a message if you want to just chat, talk some Disney. If If you enjoy what you're listening to if you just discovered the podcast send me a message i love hearing your feedback and if you have suggestions for the show if you have ideas for the show topic ideas episode ideas top 10 lists, top 5 rankings anything like that uh you guys know if you've been listening if you're a returning listener if you send me an idea for an episode like we do it we get down to it you know you guys have good ideas i want this to be you know an open podcast where if you have a good disney opinion if you want to vent, if you want to talk about your trip, anything like that, feel free to reach out. And this week's episode is another example of that. This week's episode is going to be based on the suggestion from one of you guys. And if you haven't, um, you know, been listening for a while, or maybe, um, you know, just a refresher, part of the reason why I started this podcast is I used to listen to Disney podcasts, like I'm sure you guys listen to a bunch of them too. And I would listen to these podcasts and I've, I would listen along and like, I always felt like I had good input, good Disney ideas, good opinions, and this one podcast, I you know maybe I won't name, WDW Radio. I would I would constantly tweet, send messages, comment, like you know, ideas, opinions, like my views on Disney stuff like that and never once got a reply, never once got a like, got a tweet back, got a mention on the podcast, none of that stuff. It's like felt like I was wasting my time. You know, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast. And that's why I always said if I did do a podcast, like I want the people who listen to it to be involved in the show. So, you know, long story short, if you think you have a good um, idea for the show, whether it's a a list, a topic idea, just something you want to bring up, if you want to just vent, Uh, Send me a message on Instagram, and if you can, hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. You can write a review over on the uh, Apple Podcast page, my homepage over there, and if you do write me a review, I'll give you a shout-out on the very next episode. Last week on the show, we talked about what are your Disney goals, you know? Um, Pretty simple episode. It was right around New Year's. Everyone for the New Year usually makes a resolution or has goals for the year or goals in general, um, so I figured why not, you know, talk a bit, a little bit about that. You know, what are some of your Disney goals, whether it's for the year, short-term goals, long-term goals, you know, I think we all kind of have some, we're all, we're all huge Disney fans here, right? Um, so I think a lot of us do kind of have like Disney bucket, bucket list things. Like um, one of them I always talk about is like visiting, you know, uh, the Disney parks over different holidays. I, I'd like to spend Christmas at Disney one year. I like to go there for New Year's. I've never been there for New Year's. I'd like to take my family there for Halloween. They've never been able... My parents have never been able to experience Halloween at the Magic Kingdom. So those were some examples of my Disney goals. And, you know, having a podcast and a Disney Instagram and, and TikTok. You know, this is still just a passion project for me. And, you know, I, as much as I don't want to be like the guy who's like always selling something, I still would love to make this my job. I would love... I would love to be able to quit my job so that I could work on my Disney podcast and social media stuff full time because I feel like the content I would be able to create would be just ten times better than it is now. I have like no time whatsoever nowadays. I have a four month old that's not sleeping. I work ten hour days. I coach basketball on the weekends. I have like two and a half hours of free time uh, a day uh, that's not spent, you know, eating or or sleeping. So, That would be pretty cool. Those are my goals. What are some of your Disney goals? This week's episode, as I mentioned, is based on a suggestion from one of you guys. I want to give a shout out to Lauren Stonier on Instagram. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, We've been messaging back and forth. Always has good ideas and uh, uh, interacts with my posts and stories and stuff. But we were talking a a little bit about Disney's boardwalk. She mentioned that she would love to hear an episode on the history or future of the boardwalk. And I figured, you know what? it's january it's been a snowy couple of days here in chicago the boardwalk is one of my favorite places in walt disney world the boardwalk area is my absolute favorite area so i figured why not talk about a place that is warm makes me feel good is relaxing disney's boardwalk resort all right here we go your attention please the walt disney world railroad now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom Board. Disney's Boardwalk Resort so much to talk about with this one again want to give a shout out to Lauren Stonier on Instagram for the suggestion for this week's episode and when she messaged me the way she worded it was perfect it was like the history the future of and the vibes of the boardwalk and that that's the key word right there is vibes dare I say arguably the best vibes in all of Walt Disney World maybe in the future I'll have to do an episode on uh, top 10 best vibes in Walt Disney World the boardwalk area is right right up there in the conversation like I as I mentioned in my intro like currently here in Chicago it's it's snowing we're in a winter storm morning anywhere between four to seven inches of snow it's 25 degrees like it gets dark at four o'clock it's rough out here you know the the holidays are over we're in for the long haul thinking about the boardwalk resort just gives me just that little bit of hope to get me through this winter you know i love the boardwalk i absolutely just love it it's something i've always loved since i was a kid and we're going to get into all that and and why i have this you know connection to the boardwalk resort and i just got to say right off the bat like i've never actually stayed at the boardwalk hotel we've never stayed in the rooms We've never stayed at the resort. We've never stayed at the yacht and beach club, which is right there, right across. Um, but a lot of my formative years, you know, as I became a teenager, when we were going to Disney every summer, were spent at the Swan and Dolphin, which is right there, you know, part of that boardwalk, uh, resort area. So this episode, we're going to talk about the boardwalk, the history of the boardwalk, the future, everything about it, the vibes. And then we'll talk about the boardwalk area of course, as well, because as I mentioned, I think it's the best area in all of Walt Disney World. Like, what do we have here to compare to? We have the Magic Kingdom area. We have the Boardwalk area. We have the Disney Springs area, right? Those are pretty much the three main areas, you know, with a bunch of stuff kind of connected. You know, Magic Kingdom, you have, of course, Magic Kingdom. You have those resorts. You have Contemporary, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, Uh, Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Um, you know it's it's hard to say anything bad about that area Um, you know with the boardwalk area you have the boardwalk Yacht and Beach Club Swan and Dolphin Epcot and Hollywood Studios all kind of in one little area and then you know the Disney Springs area is kind of tough you have Disney Springs you have all those Disney Springs area hotels you have Saratoga Springs And the two port orleans resorts but those you know i feel like it's just such a large area that it just doesn't feel the same you know i know you can take a boat and walk you know from saratoga springs but getting from you know disney springs to those hotels is just different than the magic kingdom area and the boardwalk area where you just kind of feels like it's one big area and you know too i think this is a perfect time to kind of talk about the boardwalk because it's going through a lot of changes right now um, you guys, if you guys know me, you know I'm going to bring up ESPN Club a lot. There's a lot of new, you know, restaurants and changes that have kind of entered the Boardwalk area over the last few years. You know, everything that w- went on with COVID kind of probably changed, uh, you know, what restaurants and what places stayed there. Um, with that whole resort area, you know, the Swan and Dolphin opening up their new hotel on that end. So a lot to cover here with the Boardwalk, but I figured we might as well start off. know with just a little history and background on the resort itself Disney's boardwalk resort I know I've been to a few places maybe you guys have as well where you kind of get to experience a boardwalk area Um, there's a one of the beaches in California had one Um, there's a couple places in Florida Um, I think Daytona Beach has like a boardwalk area there's a place outside Treasure Island that's kind of like a boardwalk area But I think the big one that Disney really modeled itself after was in Atlantic City, the classic boardwalk there from the, I believe, the 1900s. That's what they wanted to kind of model this new resort after. This was their second Disney Vacation Club resort. So this is back in the 90s. Disney Vacation Club is very new at the time. The first one, the original one, Disney's Old Key West Resort 1991. So we're about five years down the road here and, you know, the the Disney Vacation Club idea was, you know, I think they used uh, Old Key West kind of like as a trial to kind of see how it goes. You know, at this time, 80s, 90s, um, like timeshares began to kind of, you know, grow in popularity. That's kind of the model that, you know, Disney's Vacation Club is, you know, it's the same. Um, It's pretty much a timeshare. So they use Old Key West, have some success there. They want to build another one. They want a second Vacation Club resort. And, you know, some of the stuff they were thinking about doing at this time, you know, kind of similar to Las Vegas, Disney was kind of taking... Um, historical places real places and kind of putting their own spin on it and, and you know putting it in their park we see this with World Showcase right you know right next to the boardwalk you know you, you see the Eiffel Tower and certain you know uh, landmarks from around the world you know we see a little later you know they, they model like Port Orleans um, kind of like that New Orleans style and you know with, with Disney's boardwalk like I mentioned they wanted to kind of create their own version of the Uh, Atlantic City's boardwalk uh, with a vacation club resort attached to it and kind of a more entertainment uh, district also involved in the property. They wanted to kind of have they had no they planned ahead with this one Um, you know they they had Crescent Lake and they wanted a resort on either side of it so uh, eventually we get the boardwalk on one side and the Yacht and Beach Club on the other side. You know, also over there, we have Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort, which is um, kind of deserves an episode in itself. But just quickly, you know, Swan and Dolphin was there first. That opened in 1990. So, you, you know, you have Epcot there. You don't have this whole boardwalk area. You just have Swan and Dolphin, which, you know, it, it's one of those Disney hotels that's not technically a Disney hotel. Um, it's always been a weird thing. You know, it, it's different than the... Um, The Disney Springs area hotels, you know, there's like a a Wyndham or something in there. Like this is like, it's a Disney hotel, just not kind of operated by Disney. Um, So that was over there. And now they have a chance to kind of build up this entire area and kind of connect them all. And uh, that was really what they were aiming for was providing a vacation club resort, you know, another hotel on the other side of the lake connected with the Swan and Dolphin and have like an entertainment district there around the boardwalk. You know, at this time, you know, Disney really wanted to follow that Atlantic City style. You know, we see them do this, you know, again, years later with Saratoga Springs. But they even hired a New York City design firm um, that kind of honored the Coney Island vibes, Atlantic City boardwalk. Uh, They brought in renowned architect. His name was Robert A.M. Stern. And he had an interesting quote. Um, He envisioned the resort as a village across the water a place where frazzled tourists could take a day off from the theme parks or spend a romantic evening. Now, that, that quote right there, um, I, have, I have some thoughts on. A village across the water, you know, it's right there on the lake. You know, they wanted it to be waterfront, uh, the boardwalk as well as the Yacht and Beach Club. A place where frazzled tourists could take a day off from the theme parks. Now, this is something I wish they would have done more. I mean let's be honest you can't take an entire day off and spend it at the boardwalk you can you know maybe spend a half a day if you go there you know have some breakfast um do some of the activities there maybe you ride a bike maybe you play a couple games do a little bit of shopping you you can't spend an entire day there unfortunately i wish i wish they could have done a little more like that's we'll get to it towards the end but that's my one thing I don't think you can take an entire day off of the theme parks and just spend it there. Spend a romantic evening, yes, that I think you can do at the boardwalk. I think it's perfect for that. Like You could go there and kind of walk around a little bit, have some drinks, go to a nice restaurant, you know, go to do some dancing. I think that one really holds true. But pretty cool that they brought in like an actual architect, um, you know, that had experience in that area. And the boardwalk itself ended up being a quarter mile long with a bunch of different shops and restaurants along the way. So that's the actual physical boardwalk itself. And I think they really accomplished their goal of making it look like an old-timey, you know, Coney Island, Atlantic City, Northeast boardwalk. The music, the vibes, the lighting, just the way everything, it sits on the water over there is absolutely perfect. The way you can see the other resorts, the Swan and Dolphin, the Yacht and Beach Club, the lighthouse over there at Yacht and Beach Clubs. Like, everything kind of fits to that theme, you know, no matter which side of the lake you're standing on. You know, I think we've all kind of walked around the boardwalk area and taken pictures. Like, I might have to do an episode on this, but like, one of the best photo spots, I think, on property. I feel like you never get a bad photo on the boardwalk. Whether you're there during the day or you're there at night and you see just the you know, the lights of the buildings reflecting off the water. You know, during a sunset, you have the the sandy beach area on one side. Just a really cool area. A really good job on the vibes. I've always loved the boardwalk vibes. You know, it, it is a place that, um, compared to the other resorts, has more entertainment and retail options than the other ones. You know, they really went out of their way to kind of make this a unique area. It's not just a Disney hotel. You know, connected. another disney hotel you know they have their boardwalk area with a bunch of different restaurants you know they have like the little kiosks where you can stop you can get a margarita you can get a funnel cake you know they have activities right there on the boardwalk so i think they did accomplish their goal it's just on a smaller scale you know of an actual kind of boardwalk atlantic city so it opens on july 1st 1996 and when it opened it had 378 rooms they think they're up over 500 now and it is a deluxe resort you know the to me just kind of thinking about it like the history like there's not a like this huge long extensive history behind it but to me like the boardwalk like completely fits into disney in the 90s right like when i think disney 1996 like like before this episode i didn't know exactly when it opened You know, but if I had to guess, like 1996 seems like the perfect year for this hotel because the theming of it is absolutely perfect. They went above and beyond to make it look like this, you know, early hundreds, you know, boardwalk area, like New York, New Jersey, that whole area, Coney Island, the music, everything like that. The fact that they added in like this, like this, this small entertainment district, um, I think goes to show. You know, i don't think that's something disney would have done today like if the boardwalk never opens and they have this idea today in 2024 it's opening up as strictly a hotel it's just it would be called the boardwalk there would be a hotel and a pool there would not be this giant boardwalk area around a lake and all this stuff it would just be a hotel let's be honest that's kind of how disney does things now you know even back then in 96 like it was a somewhat inexpensive project because building a boardwalk you know itself um, was not not expensive you know you're just building wood on sand type of thing um, with the lake there and it just fits perfectly in the 90s like this is the this is what Michael Eisner was doing in the 90s he had this larger than life image of Walt Disney World he didn't want to just build just a plain Jane hotel he could have just opened up a vacation club resort called it the boardwalk you know themed it the, the same way but just as a hotel, but no, he wanted an actual physical boardwalk with shops, with restaurants, with dancing, with activities, entertainment. There's like those boardwalk carnival games. He wanted all of that, and Disney accomplished it to a T. You know, and as a kid, growing up, going to Disney, and I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, um, kind of similar to going to like the to the contemporary, going to the boardwalk was a trip. In itself, to us, like it was a treat. Like we never stayed there. I was never able to stay at the boardwalk, but I always loved it. Um, You know, we would always go there to eat and then go to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, MGM Studios. Going there as a kid, oh my God, so much fun! I always looked forward to it because it's like, again, to a kid, it seemed larger than life. It seemed like this giant boardwalk area. You know, now that I'm adult, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can't spend a whole day here. As a kid, I thought you could. You know, there's restaurants, they have some stores, they had like those carnival games, the basketball shot game, the, the thing with the lobsters, you gotta launch the lobsters into the pot. You could rent bikes, you know, you could, they have kiosks, where you can get like a hot dog or a funnel cake. It always seemed, there was like sh- entertainment going on, there was like a, like a mime. There was this guy called the professor that I'll talk about was like, my family was obsessed with him, like there was always so much to do there. Um, especially compared to the other resorts where it's, you know, kind of just a hotel. There wasn't all these other extra things. The reason why I fell in love with the Boardwalk is all of those trips, going to Disney as a kid, especially when my whole family would go, you know, grandma, grandpa, my aunt, my two cousins, and then my family, you know, there's nine of us total. So it was it was a trip everywhere we went. Like, we had so much fun. But just going to the Boardwalk just felt special. And we just have so many memories there. You know, one of the first things that kind of brought my attention to the boardwalk and why i loved it you guys have heard me talk about it a lot was espn club the restaurant which is gone now you know it lasted a long time i wish it was still there i don't think it'll ever be the same that was my all-time favorite disney restaurant going there as a kid though was special it was magical you know, you kind of got to go back in time. You know, I'm a huge sports fan, and um, if you're into sports, then you'll you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from. Back then, you know, you couldn't, it wasn't like how it was today. Like, I could watch the Cubs, I could watch the Bulls, the Bears, my Chicago teams, and then if there was, like, a primetime game, and then, like, playoffs and stuff. Like, you couldn't see all of these, you know, teams and players. So I would, you'd only watch, like, your own team, you know. I always loved the All-Star Games because I'd finally, finally be able to watch like, all these other players and see all these other players, you know, play their sport. And then you'd go to ESPN Club and they had so many things that I was just blown away. Like, all the TVs with different games on. You know, I'm, I'm a kid from Chicago. I'm at this restaurant in Disney World and I'm watching the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I'm watching, you know, the Orlando Magic. I'm watching the, the Florida Marlins. Like, all these teams, like, I can't see. And you just walk around and you see all the sports memorabilia. Like I would, I would literally spend so much time just walking around and looking at all the memorabilia on the walls and stuff, looking at all the autographs. I remember by the bathrooms, they had uh, a bunch of signed baseball bats and balls. And I would just stand there and just look at every single item on the wall and see like who signed it and be like, oh man, like, you know, I like this player. Oh, I remember this player from, you know, this video game. And just, I was just blown away by that stuff. And not to mention, back then, again, in the 90s, if you sat at a booth at ESPN Club, they had TVs built into the walls. They also had PlayStation set up. So you could, while you're waiting for your food, you could ask the waiter and they would bring you controllers and you could play PlayStation at your table. Like, kids these days will not understand how big of a deal that was. I'll never forget Me and my cousins playing video games at espn club like waiting for our food you know probably playing like while we eat and after we ate our food like that was a huge deal like we would want to go there just for that and like we would always ask them for a booth so sometimes we'd have to wait longer because the kids want to sit at a booth so they could play video games oh man it was unbelievable and they had a you know a little gift shop they had a little arcade you know we'd play a little papa shot you know i'd always try to get something from the gift shop there i loved it i you know especially growing up I I thought the food was fine you know as I got older it was still my favorite restaurant I still loved it because I I still love seeing all that memorabilia I it's a sports bar I you know I love sports and it was like for me you know I remember we went there one night it was Sunday night and we watched Sunday night baseball the Cubs played I think like the Brewers uh, as we ate our dinner there and it's like it was just a surreal feeling like I met Walt Disney World. I'm at the boardwalk. I'm sitting down at my favorite restaurant. I'm watching the Cubs play baseball, and then oh yeah! After I finish eating, I'm walking to Epcot. Like absolutely amazing. You know but not just the restaurants. You know, that was like the main place we would eat there. Um, you know, we would go just for that. You know, all my my family like they would you know they knew how much the kids wanted to go there, so we'd always go there for that. We'd always get something from the boardwalk bakery, and we'd walk around all the stores. But I have I don't know about you guys. I have some good family memories of renting those bicycles that they have at the boardwalk. I'm talking about the like the the two or three road ones that you could fit like four to six people on. I'll never forget renting those bikes with my family. The first time, um, again, I'm a kid, you know, grandpa, grandma, like we all went and we rented one of the bikes and it was my dad, my grandpa, me, and I think my cousin and my mom in the back or something like that. And like halfway through, my grandpa gave up. He gave up. He, he was so tired, and he was like exhausting himself so much, he just gave up and, and got out. He's like, I'm done. I can't do this. I'm going to have a stroke, he kept saying. So he got out. I remember my dad was would always steer, and he was a little crazy. Like we'd be coming down the hill at full speed, and he's not using the brake at all. We're zigzagging around people. Like my job was to ring the bell. And I remember one time we were going down the hill so fast, and he's just cruising around people, I just remember, my mom still brings up, I was I was yelling at him, like, slow down, are you stupid? I like, here's me, 10-year-old kid, yelling at my dad to slow down, you know, and once we got older, like, that became, like, riding, like, come on, renting those bikes sucks, because those two hills that they have at the boardwalk are no joke, and we're, we're a big family physically, like, my dad is, you know, six six three hundred 300 pounds, you know, maybe a little more, like, I was a big guy, you know, a lot of weight going up those hills but it was so funny doing it like we would always rent those bikes and we would try to like beat our time we would try to see how many laps we could do i swear to god some of the sounds i heard my dad make while we were riding those bikes and he's pedaling as hard as he can i've never heard anywhere else like again another time we're pedaling up the hill as, as hard as we can and my dad is just like shouting in pain we get to the top, and he just throws on the brake, and he's like, oh, God, I think I tore my hamstring. I think I tore my hamstring. And I, I'm just laughing so hard I could not breathe. I, I thought I was going to pass out. I'm, I'm pedaling as hard as I can. I'm laughing. So much fun. So much so that, like, when my friends came with us on our trips, my buddy Brian, my buddy Chris, both of those trips, got to rent the bikes. And they would say the same thing, like, exhausting yet so funny i remember we're doing it with my buddy chris you know at this point you know we're 21 you know we've been working out he's a big guy i was a big guy that's a again a lot of weight on those bikes going up those hills and at that point you know my dad's a little older he's not doing much pedaling anymore my sister's in the back probably fake pedaling and we we did you know we finished our our rental or whatever i remember we returned them and me and chris just literally just passed out in the grass there like my legs were complete just jello and just there's so many good memories at the boardwalk. Uh, another time I mentioned the professor. I think that's his name. That's what we called him. But again, you know, it's a, our family trip. I'm a kid. We're at the boardwalk. And I think we just went there for the night to hang out. Probably just eat at ESPN club. And we were, this was back. Where were we waiting? I think it was like in front of the lobby area. That's what it. it, it seems like. There was like this entertainment guy, I think he was called The Professor, he was like this nerdy looking guy in like a uh, a suit and like a hat. He looked like Mr. Six, like the old guy from the Six Flags commercials back in the day. And he would just do kind of like prop comedy and make jokes and like physical comedy, stuff like that. Um, and I, I just remember like my grandpa just absolutely thought it was hilarious because um, He'd always joke that that was that was gonna be like my, my aunt's new husband that they, he should uh, they should get together like this nerdy professor guy that's mess around with like this like magic tricks and you know all these props and stuff. Um, that was pretty fun. I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't remember hit, like seeing him around that often. And it just it's just one of those specific memories because my grandpa would always bring it up. You know, to the to the day he died. Um, you know, the professor at the boardwalk. Another time we're at the boardwalk, one of the worst Florida storms we've ever been caught in was taking place. We're at the boardwalk and they were doing a, there was like a stunt show going on with mongoose bike riders, like, you know, the like BMX bikes, uh, the mongoose brand. And they were doing like tricks. They had ramps and stuff. They were putting on a show and there was like this really bad storm coming in, but we wanted to watch the show. So we watched the show, and then at the end of it, they just started giving away free stuff. Mongoose t-shirts, mongoose, like, these, like, plush toy balls, like, stickers, magnets. We had all these, like, stuff from this show, and then uh, the, the storm rolls in, and we got caught in it. I remember, like, hiding in, under a tent uh, with my dad and my mom. My sister might have still been in a stroller. I remember hiding in the tent, like, the, the rain was just coming sideways. But we had to wait till the end to get that free stuff, and I had that mongoose t-shirt, i was a bigger kid my mom would always get bigger sizes i had that Mongo's t-shirt probably till i was like 17 or 18 years old you know it was a freebie thrown to me at the boardwalk um i don't know if they do stuff like that anymore but like literally they were doing some sort of like bmx like bike show at the boardwalk and just giving away all this free stuff it's kind of a, a last kind of memory of the boardwalk uh, again i'm probably like 13 or 14 years old i'm at the boardwalk with my parents and they have like those kind of carnival style games there And one of them was like the basketball shot and i'm a basketball player like i would always beg my dad to play those and he would never let me because he would always say that they were rigged so that this time for some reason like i'm begging and he finally gives in and says okay here's you know five bucks you know give it a shot and i remember there was a group of like older guys uh behind us like probably you know they're for like a work convention they're drinking they're having a good time i think you get like two shots i get the first shot and i miss Terribly, and this like drunk guy behind me like pats me on the back. He's like, "Don't worry, kid, you got this one. You got this one." Like hypes me up. Next one, I, I I throw it up there, bank it in off the backboard. I win a prize, and like one of the prizes they had was a Chicago Cubs basketball, and I won it. And I again, I brought that home, and I had that basketball for probably the next fifteen years or so. Just one of those random memories, like begging my dad to always let me play. He never did, and then when he finally does. I actually win. So let's kind of talk a little food at Disney's Boardwalk. Probably one of the main reasons why you would go there. Um, You know, I mentioned ESPN Club. That's my all-time favorite. It'll never be the same for me going there now. Again, now that I have a son, like, I look at things differently. Like, it honestly sucks that I I, I can't take him there. And he can't, you know, experience it kind of like how I did. Like, I was just amazed going there as a kid. And I I won't be able to do that with him. You know, I kind of mentioned it too, like... We would always go there before Hollywood Studios or Epcot. And we would always drive there because we always rented a car. And we would go to get to the uh, the guard gate. And we, we always just tell them, hey, we're here to uh, do some shopping and eat at the Boardwalk Bakery. And we would always get something at the Boardwalk Bakery. My mom would always get something there. She loved it there. I always loved it. Uh, I'd always fill up my uh, resort mug there with some more uh, coffee or something. But, you know, food is a, uh, a big reason why you're heading over to the boardwalk and they have you know everything from sit down restaurants to lounges fast food kiosks um so we just kind of go over some of them uh flying fish uh I, i've never been there um looks pretty good obviously kind of has uh seafood on the menu chattoria al forno again i haven't been here either kind of a more classic italian sit down place to eat big river grill and brewing works i've been there once um, this was, I feel like it was something before. I don't remember what it was called, but it you know, wasn't bad. I think I got like a barbecue sandwich uh, that was pretty good. You know, those are more, those are three, you know, kind of more casual sit-down uh, restaurants. Flying Fish and uh, Trattoria, uh, a little more fancy. Like like they mentioned early on, you know, a place maybe you have like a romantic evening, a little date night. Uh, you can go there and grab something to the eat. The Boardwalk Bakery, I think, is now the Boardwalk Deli. Um, it's a little different, but you know, they have your basics, bakery, um, some snacks, sandwiches, like uh, deli sandwiches, you know, not a bad place to grab a quick bite to eat. I think this is kind of like their, you know, they don't have a food court or anything like that, but this is kind of their kind of quick service area. Uh, and like I said, that's where you can fill up your resort mugs, boardwalk ice cream. I feel like they open up a new ice cream place here, like every couple years, uh, I don't know what they're doing and why they can't get it right, but it seems like it's a revolving door of ice cream places at the boardwalk. The last time we were there in 2021, we went to the, whatever ice cream place was there, I think it's now closed. Was it Sandy's maybe? I don't don't remember. But my wife got a sundae and she said it was the best ice cream sundae she's ever had. Uh, Also there at the boardwalk now, another new one, Carousel Coffee. Kind of specialized in coffees and pastries and those types of desserts. Again, I, I, I feel like I need to check this out, but also, I don't know, I've heard mixed reviews about it, i heard it's not great, and I'm also, I'm not the biggest fan, especially while I'm in Disney, as much as I love coffee and stuff, like, it's hard for me to spend, you know, 7 $8 on a coffee when I spent, you know, 30 bucks on my resort mug, and like, most of the time I'm just drinking black coffee anyway, uh, I don't mind like a, a nice fancy treat every once in a while, but... Uh, I'll have to check out Carousel Coffee, see if there's like a specialty, specialty one worth trying. There's the Bellevue Lounge, 1930s style kind of uh, place to get some drinks and cocktails. There's the uh, Mar- was it Marvelous Joe's Margaritas, there's a little kiosk there on the boardwalk. Uh, really good margaritas, you know, people will say you know some of the best on property. It's a nice little fast way to get one. You can kind of walk around with your drink there. Um, you know, they have the pizza window over there as well. I believe it's still there. Uh, I've had it a few times, you know, when we stayed at the Swan and Dolphin, we were at the boardwalk a lot, especially like before bed, like trying to grab something quick, uh, after the parks. I remember getting a slice of pizza. Uh, you know, it's pricey, but you know what? It's okay. You know, we're from Chicago, so we eat a lot of pizza here. The pizza there, it's okay. All right. It's okay. Then finally, they also have the abracadabra there. I haven't been here. It looks really cool. Again, it's like another you know bar slash lounge place. Uh, you can get some drinks. They have everything's kind of magician themed, which is kind of cool. Uh, they have some drinks that look pretty cool. You could check that out as well. Nice place to go. You know, got to bring it up. Like the boardwalk area seems like there's. It's definitely popular popular with the people there, uh, who are on work conventions. You know, the Swan and Dolphin seems like it's constantly having conventions going on there, and you know all those older people you know they're at the swan and dolphin they're at the boardwalk where are they going to go at night if they're not going into the parks they're going to be down at the boardwalk you know grabbing some drinks and that's where you know uh, when i'm in high school i'm are staying at the swan and dolphin i think we stayed there from when i was like 15 through 21 so i spent a lot of summers at the swan and dolphin and i, I would always we'd always walk through and i'd see all the conventions going on i'd see all the people walking around like after the convention, after work, now it's time to play, you know, and they're going out to the boardwalk or they're at the the lobby bar at the Swan and Dolphin. And I used to always like kind of be jealous. Like I know they're working and they're older and I'm like a 17 year old kid. Like my life, you know, is only going to get harder from here. But I remember being like somewhat jealous, like they're at Disney for a work convention. Like I remember thinking to myself, I hope one day I have a job where they send us to Disney and we have a convention. I don't care if I have to sit through meetings and presentations I think it would just be really cool. Um, unfortunately I've never had that. I know some people who have, that's pretty cool. But I used to see that and always want to do that. You know, I think part of it was just me wanting to be older and being able to experience, you know, the that nightlife, that Disney nightlife that I never really got to experience. You know, I missed out on Pleasure Island. Um, a lot of those summers, like I'm there with my family, works you know, we're spending time at the parks, you know, I'm not hanging around the the bars at the boardwalk. And then, of course, I have to mention the Atlantic Dance Hall and Jelly Rolls, like the two kind of dance nightclub-type places at the boardwalk. Jelly Rolls is the dueling piano bar. Uh, The Atlantic Dance Hall is more of just like a video dance bar, right? I'll never forget, uh, my my sister turned 21 uh, in June, the one summer we went, and she wanted to have her first legal drink at Disney, at the boardwalk i believe the boardwalk is where she really wanted it so we go there and um one of the two i think jelly rolls was closed and the the dance hall was open but there was like a cover charge to get in and we weren't gonna pay a cover charge just literally just to take like one drink like my family's not big drinkers like she just wanted like one drink and we ended up like Kind of being disappointed, like we weren't gonna pay a cover charge to go in. There was no one in there; it was empty. It was really dead. So we walked. Instead, we ended up walking over to the Swan and Dolphin and had drinks there. But I'll never forget that. But Jelly Rolls is always a good time, especially like those places are are especially a good time when they're crowded. It's it's a little sad to see when it's empty, especially like when you walk by, you can see through the doors, you know, the dance hall. You know, got all these big video boards playing music, and there's like four people in there. It's like, oh boy, that's a that's a tough look. But Jelly Rolls seems to be always be popping, doing pianos, like piano bars. Those are fun. Those are a good time. I think you know people from age 21 to you know 50 uh, can have a good time at Jelly Rolls. You know, and then you know I haven't really talked about the Boardwalk Hotel itself. I've been talking about like everything else, but you know it's your deluxe Disney hotel. Some solid amenities. Like when you have the Boardwalk right there, like. You know, there's just so much to offer, but, you know, they have a good pool. They were famous for their clown slide. It was a little creepy. It would slide down like the clown's tongue down, you know, out of his mouth. It was always a little weird. I'm pretty sure they've since uh, redone that pool area uh, and gotten rid of that clown slide. There's also a nice little pool bar uh, back there as well. I did a few episodes ago. You might have heard me mention it. I love the Boardwalk Fitness Center. It's called Muscles and Bustles. And every time I go, I, I always, like, end up taking a picture of the door. I just love that name, Muscles and Bustles. Even that, you know, it, it it's that old-timey, you know, bodybuilding. Like, Hoo! muscles and bustles. Hoo! Like, old-timey weightlifting stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Love the name. I wish they sold that, like, on a shirt or something. Like, I talked about it in the whole episode. I think they're kind of missing the boat on stuff like that. Like, the Disney fitness centers have cool names, like... People who work out would buy, you know, Muscles and Bustles, Disney's Boardwalk, you know, a tank top or uh, a hoodie, you know, stuff like that. So I've always loved that one. They have a little arcade room there as well. Um, as far as amenities go, you know, you have the entire boardwalk area, fitness center, arcade, uh, all that good stuff. I just love walking around those stores, too. My, one of my favorite, like, gift shops used to always be... Um, the, na- the screen door, I think, was the name of the boardwalk kind of gift shop there. It was huge. I always felt like I found really cool souvenirs there. I always felt like I, I had to get something from there as well. And, again, with the old-timey kind of workout thing, I remember going there yeah, probably like five or six years ago, and they had a T-shirt with Goofy working out, and it said, I'm no dumbbell. And it said, like, Disney's boardwalk underneath it. And they only sold it in youth sizes. I was devastated. And probably my favorite thing I haven't mentioned yet, my favorite thing about the boardwalk is just that area. You know, the it's so underrated. Like you're in between two of the four Disney theme parks, Disney's Hollywood Studios and Epcot. You're walking distance from both. You can take a boat to either park. It's the best. It's you know it the, the Magic Kingdom area is great. But the boardwalk area is just so much more relaxing and peaceful. You have so much more space over there. You have the other surrounding hotels. So if you're staying at the boardwalk and, hey, maybe you want to go try something else to eat, you can head over to the Yacht and Beach Club, you know, and and get some ice cream at uh, Beaches and Cream. You can walk down to the Swan and Dolphin and check out – they have, like, an ice cream place there. You know, there's some restaurants there. There's a, a bar in the lobby. Look at their pool, like, their amenities. You can walk around I mentioned doing um, the bikes they have a fitness center you know it's a really good like jogging trail as well um, they kind of have like a little map if you're into that as well those two hills uh, again make it tough and you know just running around in the 90 degree heat in the summer pretty tough but I l- always love that about the boardwalk as well the area is the best I love that walk from the boardwalk to Epcot you know that back entrance uh, to Epcot into World showcase has always been my favorite. You know, as I said, we would always go to Boardwalk before Epcot. So we would always go through that entrance. Like that was our our spot. It was always quiet. It was always calm, never a long line. And it just kind of felt like we were like, had like a backstage pass almost. And it's really random. But two of my all-time favorite Disney areas, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, was at that back entrance to Epcot by World Showcase. There used to be, before the Skyliner was built, there used to be just like a little parkway of grass, like a little grassy area back there where a, uh, a tram used to drive around like in the early 90s and drop uh, resort guests at Epcot from the Boardwalk Hotels. And just always loved that area. It's always so calm. Like I always wanted to just kind of relax back there. And like I mentioned, it's weird. I know. Toss a football around, play catch with a baseball, something like that on that grassy area with literally Epcot, you know, 50 feet away uh, I've always loved that, and the other favorite area that's still there. And again, I've talked about it before. It's really weird, I know. The big grassy area uh, at the boardwalk—it's still there. You always see kids playing, families sitting there playing around. I've just—it's—it's a—it's a weird goal of mine. But now that I have a son, like I would love to stay there with him one day, you know, and bring our gloves and maybe just play some catch one night, you know, either before going into the park, after going to the park. It's weird, but I just, that that grassy area, I just have a lot of memories with, and I've just always wanted to play catch there. You know, all of those things is why I love the boardwalk, the, the resort, the area, just everything about it, uh, I've always loved. You know, we'll see what happens with it. It's going through some changes, as I mentioned. You know, they just removed ESPN Club. I think they're putting in some sort of like, again, like a bakery shop, cake shop, something like that. ESPN Club, if you're like me, if you're a guy into sports, you're going to miss it. I feel like it was the only place on property really uh, to catch a game. You know, not that you're going to Disney to watch sports, but hey, if you're there and you can kind of work around it, like I love Disney, I love sports. Like that was the place where I could combine those two things. And I know I'm not alone in that. Like I have great memories of going there as a kid and watching games and watching teams. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll never forget going there as, a, as an adult and watching Sunday Night Baseball, watching the Chicago Cubs play, and then going into Epcot. Like, it's a great feeling. I can combine all of my you know, my passions and eat some food, you know, along with it. I just, I wish they would have kept it. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of changed around, like, the ice cream place a few times already, they, uh, the Boardwalk is the Boardwalk Deli. So we'll see what they do. I wouldn't be shocked if one of the dance halls is gone. And they put it like in a restaurant, something that maybe brings in a little bit more money. I don't know. You know, maybe it just maybe it's just too popular with conventions and stuff. But we'll see. You know, I hope they don't change it too much. It's supposed to have that, you know, vintage, antique 1900s feeling of like Atlantic City, classic New York. So I, I hope they don't add like these like modern, like kind of I don't want to say hipster stuff, but like, you know, carousel carousel coffee and like a specialty cake shop and a specialty ice cream place. Um, you know, it seems like they're just kind of getting a little fancy with it when they don't really have to. If I was, if someone came to me and was like, hey, Kevin, like, I want to take my family to Disney World. Money is no option. Where should we stay? You know, I think, you know, obviously you have to kind of know them and what they like and how old are the kids and stuff like that. But the boardwalk would be in the conversation right up there with Contemporary and the Polynesian, I think. Like, because of that area... When you stay there, and you're you know, even when you're not staying there, when you go there, like you legitimately feel like you're at a resort, you're somewhere else. Whereas you know, sometimes some of the other Disney hotels, maybe you just kind of feel like you're at a hotel with the that whole boardwalk area and being able to walk around and and see the other hotels and walk to the two theme parks, just makes it different, makes it stand out. It's one of my favorites, bucket list to stay there one day, hopefully. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on Disney's boardwalk. Love talking about the boardwalk. Um, I could probably just talk about my random family memories there for 45 minutes instead of uh, all the other stuff I talked about. Just if you've stayed there, if you haven't, you like visiting there, you don't like it, let me know. Uh, Send me a message on Instagram. Uh, Let me know what you think and your thoughts on the boardwalk. That's all I got for this week's episode. Thank you again to Lauren Stonier on Instagram for the uh, the idea for the show. If you guys are listening and, you, and you're thinking right now, like, hey, I, I have an idea for a podcast episode or a topic. It could be just something small you want to get off your chest, something you know about Disney that's bothering you, something you a suggestion, anything like that. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Not sure yet which uh, which episode I'm going to do uh, for next week. Like I said, like. Um, Lauren messaged me on Instagram, like not that long ago. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to do this topic right away. Because as I mentioned here in Chicago, dog days of January, the holidays are over. So I started recording this on Monday. Uh, and I was talking about the, the weather and snow and everything. It is now Thursday and they're talking about tomorrow, Friday, when, uh, you're probably listening to this. Could be the worst snowstorm in Chicago in the last three to five years. Like they're talking, could be up to a foot of snow, and then the temperatures dropping is gonna get down to negative six on Sunday, negative ten, negative fifteen, like all next week. This is this is a rough patch. So being me being able to talk about boardwalk for a little bit uh, helped me escape. And uh, unfortunately, as soon as I uh, stop recording, I'm back in the real world here. Wishing I was at Disney. Wishing I was in warm orlando florida instead i'll be uh schlepping my way to work in in a blizzard uh so that'll be that'll be fun hopefully you guys aren't dealing with that i know i posted something on my story this week on instagram uh it was like it was a picture of me driving home in traffic with just snow and 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 wind and rain and everything and uh, i put uh in quotes like why do you want to move to chicago that's why that picture right there. I got, I got a lot of good feedback from you guys. Like, I feel like all my fellow Midwesterners and cold weather people yeah. reached out. we like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. Then there was like the people who were like, yeah, you know, I moved to Florida from New Jersey. I moved to Florida from, you know, Ohio. It's the best thing I ever did. And it's like, that's awesome. And I'm truly jealous. And yet it makes me sad at the same time that you did it. And I'm still here. So still a long-term goal. Hopefully I'll be in Florida because I don't know how many more of these winters I can take. But follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok, Disney World Today. Uh, Shoot me a message on Instagram. My DMs are always open. Whether you want to talk about Disney, sports, life, doesn't matter. Hit me up. TikTok, you know, it's... I don't really check my messages on there. It's just way too confusing. I just like posting on there. Hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating and a review. If you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. You guys stay safe. Stay warm. Hopefully you're not dealing with snow like me, and uh, you guys have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Always remember, it all started with a mouse.